Hello, this is Carry On With Kelly, the podcast where we unpack the stories of my travel, cancer, recovery, and self-discovery from one small bag. Every time I read that, I think that one day I will come up with a better intro. People are working on it. I made the realization the other day that when I started this podcast, which would have been maybe back in October, it was you go back and listen to the first episode, it was with the idea that I was writing a book and this podcast was going to help me put the chapters of my book together. So technically I wrote a book. I have 182 pages written. The last time I wrote or I closed the cover on that book was March 22nd, which would have been the one year anniversary of me coming back to the country in the middle of a pandemic. And I haven't touched it since, and I can't figure out why, or at least I couldn't figure out why. And this week, I kind of made the realization that that's that's not my book. I don't want, I mean, that's probably my book, but I don't want my story to end on that note with the focus on the cancer and the recovery. I want more of the book to focus on the travel and the self-discovery. And that is what we're in the midst of figuring out now. So hopefully if everything goes according to plan, we will rewrite the ending and talk about the book again in the fall. But until then, I give you season three, episode five of Carry On With Kelly. Like I said, this is the podcast. We're going to unpack the stories, travel, cancer, recovery, and self-discovery. This one's a bit about self-discovery. Today is June 7th, 2021. Um, a little less languishing. I know the last couple of weeks I've mentioned I was languishing. I'm not ready to quite say that I'm en route to flourishing. Not yet, but I can feel flourishing coming soon. I can sense it is on the horizon. So a little about travel. Three years ago today, my Facebook memory reminded me that I was in Sri Lanka. For those of you not familiar with Sri Lanka, it is a tiny island off the southeast coast of India. I was in the middle, so this would have been obviously June 7th of 2018. I was in the middle of this perfect it was probably eight, nine, ten weeks of travel. Of course, if I really look at the details, there were a ton of hiccups. But just overall, it was this magical memory of these eight, nine weeks. I'm going to tell you that I was living in Siem Reap. I left Siem Reap the beginning of April. No, it would have been the end of April. Flew to Tokyo to spend the night at the airport hotel. If you ever are having one of these long, huge flights and you have a long layover and there is a hotel in the airport, I am going to tell you that is the best money you will have ever spent. Spend the night, even if it's three, four, five hours napping in the airport hotel. Anyway, Sam Reap, Tokyo Airport Hotel, California for one night with my friends. Pennsylvania, like a week or so with my family, New York to visit my friends, back to Pennsylvania for my family, back to California for Memorial Day, spent I think four or five days with my friends there, Pennsylvania back to Tokyo or California back to Tokyo for a week, which was 
really the first time I had been anywhere other than the airport in Tokyo. Tokyo to Bangkok, Bangkok, Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka, Singapore. At some point I had to have gone back to Bangkok because I left my luggage there earlier and then back to Cambodia. I know that sounds like an absolutely insane, probably two and a half months, but when you gather that like Siem Reap to Bangkok was what, a 45 minute flight, Bangkok to Sri Lanka was like a three hour flight. A lot of that wasn't bad, but let me just tell you that energy, that magic, that's all I've been looking for, for probably my whole life. And now that I found it or had it, that's all I've been looking for for the past three years. I will tell you, $7, 15 minute tuck tuck ride with Mr. Pitch to an international airport and Sam Reap. I could get to Bangkok in less than 50, probably 45 minutes, maybe 50 bucks. Passport control might've been crazy at times, depending on how you timed your arrival, but it just felt like everything was possible when you're doing something like that. And I know you're going to say, well, Kelly, if it wasn't for the pandemic, you could get on a plane and do that here. I was just something magical about that experience. And, and I'm close to putting my finger on what it was, what it was, and there will be more to follow. I'm going to ask here if you believe in signs or rather markers kind of telling you that yes, you're on the right path. I do. And this past week I've had a couple, I'm going to say of the markers come to me in a couple books, which is kind of oddly where I get some of my markers or signs in life. So months ago, I picked up a book for 50 cents at the local library used book sale. It was called A Year by the Sea, An Unfinished Marriage by an author named Joan Anderson. Never heard of her. I've never been married. So it's an odd book for me to pick up, but it was a pretty cover. So that's why I bought it. It was a decent book. I ended up giving it to my sister. And since I, I read it pretty quickly, I gave it to her. And within a matter of weeks, she's telling me that she had read it. And this led me to Joan Anderson's next book, which is called A Walk on the Beach, which I bought online on, on Thrift Books. And I in, was in the midst of reading that this week. Both books take place almost exclusively on Cape Cod. But then about two thirds of the way into the second book by Joan Anderson. So keep in mind, she writes and talks about being this old woman, but I kind of deduced in the matter of these books that she's about 50, 51, which I am turning 50 in September. So anyway, about two thirds of the way into the second book, out of nowhere, all we've talked about for hundreds of pages is Cape Cod. And she writes that her cousin, reaches out to her and asks if she will join them on a hike on the Inca trail on a trip to Machu Picchu, like literally out of the blue. The only non Cape Cod story in either book. Is it a marker? Is it a sign? I have already had already for quite a number of weeks now been kind of diving into this September Peru trip. There'll be a week of building a house and then I will not be hiking the Inca trail because of my health, but there will be some other events in Machu Picchu, but I had kind of been kind of dipping my toe in with trepidation, 
How long do I want to stay? Do I want to do part of it alone? Do I only want to be with a group? And after reading it about it in this book, I just sort of dove all in and we are really going to embrace this Peru experience. So more to follow on that. Do not worry. You will make the trip with me. But we've got months before we have to get to that part. So I order this Machu Picchu book in the mail, which because Stacy, who's planning part of this trip, is reading it. So I wanted to be on the same page with her. And at the same time, I get a book that Anthony Bourdain wrote published back in 2000 called A Cook's Tour, I believe, which I have read some of his other books, but not this one. It opens in Cambodia. So obviously I take that as a marker. But then very early on in the book, he starts talking about Saint-Jean-de-Louis in France. And then he starts roaming through Basque country and Basque food. Again, a marker. I don't know if I've ever mentioned it, but I have a friend, we've been friends for almost 20 years, who has an apartment in saint John Delaway. We've talked about it over the years. Last summer in the midst of a pandemic, when I was a little lost in life, he's like, why don't you go stay at the apartment? The world obviously didn't allow that. But now that the world is starting to feel a little more open, I have confirmed that the offer is still out there. So is that a marker? Is that book a marker that I need to get over to St. Jean de Louis and take that in? I don't know. I think we're getting there. Like I said, I think the world is opening. Although I did speak with Miguel today in Peru and he made it sound like per currently Peru is really not in good straits, but September is still a lifetime away. There's a couple other things that happen which move the barometer away from languishing, but a few of those I'm going to hold a little close to the vest for the time being, but um, I will I don't want to say release that information, but I'll talk about that information when the time is right. But another sign, I was so worried. I mentioned last week that I was starting with a new therapist, which was Thursday afternoon. I was so worried all week on how I was going to unload all of my information on her. So she understood kind of where I'm sitting today, which I'm not one to live in the past, but to understand where I sit today, you have to at least kind of be clued into what the fuck's been going on in my life for the past few years. It's a really large order and I didn't know how to kind of unpack it. So my new therapist, Laura, she kind of knew a little bit about me. So we need to back into that, which I don't think I've mentioned this. So last year had to be April. I hadn't been home long. We're again in the midst of the pandemic. I'm sitting in my mother's third floor, which we made into a living room when we didn't know where I was going to live. And I get this message on LinkedIn from somebody I didn't know. And she was referencing some articles that I had written about grieving and travel. And she was writing a book called Grief Reimagined. It was 50, 50 things that you can do to get through grief. And she wanted to include me in her book. So I really had blanked on these articles. Obviously, they, she dragged my memory when I was living in Cambodia. My John had died the summer before I moved. And I wrote some articles about how travel kind of got me through the grief of him dying. And they had been published in a 
obscure magazine, which I can't even remember what it was called now. She saw these articles. So this woman reaches out to me and says she wants to include that. And I said, well, if you like that story, you're going to love the story, how I just finished traveling for three months around the world to get through this whole cancer thing and had to come home in the middle of a pandemic. She's like, you're right. Love it. So the book ended up getting published. I'm included in the book. And this is a really convoluted story, but bear with me for a minute. So I introduced the author to the director of our clubhouse, which is the cancer support center in Pittsburgh that I have done things with over the past couple years. And they ended up coming up with this five-week book club to go through Grief Reimagine. This social worker is going to facilitate it. So I had been on a couple calls because the first week was really just about my story, what I did, how I traveled, and, and the author and I kind of spoke for the whole first session. Then the next four sessions were Laura facilitating with a group that some of these people I have seen on other support groups and things like that. So I really liked her vibe. I reached out to her. She agreed to be my therapist. I Like I said, convoluted story. So last week we have our first session. Like I said, she knew a little bit about me because of this book and because of my stories, but not much. But since we knew each other, the, the call, and I, I told her I'd rather do a call than video, and, and my insurance company agreed to that apparently, we just sort of fell into it for the first few minutes and caught up. And then she started telling me a bit about her life. So here's the other marker about what happened last week. Maybe 20 minutes into the conversation, she tells me that she got her counseling schooling at Chatham University. For those of you not familiar, Chatham University is an old, old um, university right in the center of Pittsburgh. So why is that a sign that made me believe this is all the right decision? A, I started, well, let's start with A. Jess, who was my previous therapist, also did her counseling degree at Chatham. So that means to me that Laura has the same training and the same kind of therapy methodology. And I know Jess and I had talked length about what kind of therapy I need and what I like. So that was huge. The other thing is I started my university years at Chatham. It was then Chatham College, a woman's college back in 1989. I did not stay long. I was there one semester and I had a surgery over Christmas break and never went back. But there was just something that constantly drew me to Chatham to the point that, you know, most of you know this, I believe I had quit college several times in my early 20s and just kind of couldn't get my footing started a career and and proceeded to, I would say, excel at it in the mortgage industry, which is what took me originally to live in California. And when I was starting to contemplate going back to college, so it would have been my late 20s at this point, I was going back to Chatham. So I know that couldn't have been right. I was 33 when I moved to New York. So this was my early 30s. I was living in California, decided to go back to college, did all this research about going to Chatham to finish the degree that I started when I graduated from high school. And the whole idea was I was going to move back to Pittsburgh, finish college at Chatham, and then move to New York. And then I just got, you know, the idea like, fuck it, let's just apply to NYU and see what happens. NYU accepted me, the rest is history. 
I moved to New York in 2005. Back to therapy. All of that to say Chatham has always held this special spot in my my heart and my soul and my life. So when Laura said she went to school there, it kind of all made sense and sort of fell into place. We ended up talking for like two and a half hours. There were a lot of stories that we started and then we get sidetracked. For instance, she asked me, you know, I, I tell the story and then you've heard it on here and you possibly have read it on some of my posts. But I tell the story how when I was recovering from my stem cell transplant, this would have been the fall of 2019, I, you know, I spent that summer in Australia, came back, and I was starting to feel better physically. And then just one day my mental health just collapsed. I started crying one day and couldn't stop crying and couldn't figure out what to do to move forward. So that's when I booked the flight and went to Asia in January of 2020. So I start telling her this story and she just gets to the point, like, how did you know your mental health collapsed? And we started talking and I never finished the story. We just kind of moved on to the next thing. The other part, I think this is significant she at one point starts, you know, she knows I have a sister because my sister did participate or at least listened in on one of the, the group discussions that I was on. And she's like, I know you have a sister, older, younger, and we start talking a little bit about my family life. And, and I know that's normal for a therapist, but I'm like, you know what? We have like 5,000 other things to talk about than my childhood. Like, obviously we'll get to that eventually, but there's so much more to uncover before we get to that. Um, I don't think my mom and sister listened to this podcast, so I'm going to have to confirm that. But there's a couple stories that we'll probably bring up in therapy and then, of course, on the podcast. So that's kind of how the week has gone. I feel good. I feel like I'm getting to where I need to be, and I, I don't... I think I might've said this last week, but I did definitely say this to Laura on the therapy session. I really feel like, you know, we need to remember that when I found out I had cancer, I was already in the midst of complete and utter life change. I had quit my job in New York. I was traveling around the world for what, 12, 14, 15 months when I found out I had cancer. So all of these feelings that I'm having now, I was having then. And that is so reassuring to me that this is where I was in October of 2018. You know, October 10th of 2018, I went to a hospital in Bali and was told I had cancer. But today is like the emotional place I was at before I found out I had cancer. What's next? Where am I going? I was so close to figuring it all out before I had that diagnosis. And I feel like I'm back there. So to end this episode where it started, my book, my story, and I know this podcast, I say it's the story of my cancer, my travel, my cancer, my recovery, and my self-discovery. But that's 
it's only been two and a half years that cancer and recovery, and it's such an important two and a half years. But I swear to you, there's so much more. There is so much more. And we are going to unpack all of those stories this summer. I can feel it. We are getting there. So I will see you next week. And I'll continue to hopefully unpack some good stories. Have a good night.